Welcome to My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. And this is our 100th episode. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I am Richard McKinnon and I'm joined as always by my co-host Pilar Orti. Pilar, happy 100th episode to you. Well, most definitely happy 100th to you because you've definitely been there for every episode i've i've missed some i've missed some but congratulations to you <laughs> we'll welcome everyone to the mutual appreciation society it won't be like this for the next 30 <laughs> no, odd minutes no i promise i promise but you know we thought it was worth marking and um it's really interesting you know one of the one of the reasons i wanted to call this out was it's actually a theme in coaching for me quite a lot the theme of change and actually consistency So rather than, oh, if I make this change, I want to see big results. It's about do it, just keep doing the thing. And eventually you'll get to where you want to be rather than expecting great things in the short term and having had to go back and listen to earlier episodes. They weren't great things, but you know what? We're still here a hundred episodes later or so. Um, And I think things are slightly better. Would you agree? Yes. And I think like with most creative ventures, podcasting needs the time. Mm. It needs the time to settle. And there's just so much stuff that that you that has to settle along the way because there's also there's such an interplay with the co-host, the guests, the material. There's a lot of stuff. So definitely it's uh yeah, unless you stick by it, it, it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So I just wanted to share a very short uh, story before we dive into our discussion about this, because where we are at the moment in November 2021, yesterday was the first time I was face-to-face with clients in a training situation, all in the same room since Uh um, the pandemic kicked off. And um, interestingly enough, it was, you know, something I was thinking about, the discomfort psychological discomfort involved in that and actually we were doing a session on psychological flexibility so I was able to explore my own anticipated Mm -hmm. discomfort as an example the thoughts and images the mind can give us about something we're going to do and the importance of focusing on what what matters and actually it turns out the thing that got me yesterday was not psychological discomfort at all it was physical discomfort from um having to wear real shoes for the first time in about 18 months leather lace-up shoes i've been wearing trainers or i've been going barefoot all this time and actually being in work work clothes and being on my feet in front of a group and going around town you know that was the biggest thing i noticed getting back in front of a group was like getting back into a, a warm bath it was really lovely but actually all the paraphernalia that goes with that and the distance and the travel, that was the bit that I was still thinking about last night. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, really. Yeah, I would have never I wouldn't have thought of that, but it makes complete sense. Mm. I also train in my slippers. <laughs> <laughs> well, when people can't see it, you know, it, it just shouldn't yes. make a difference. But then I realized, oh, no. And I also realized I need to get my bag of dongles to connect to a big screen. And I need to, oh, yes. all of those things we do in face-to-face training. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. But I'm really glad I did it as well. So, so it was all good in the end. Excellent. So... Richard, sorry, where are you gonna where are you going to lead us into the episode? Well, no, just to say, I thought it might be nice to do a bit of a retrospective at this point. Yes, 
Yes, and we do have some listener feedback because we did ask for it and you definitely uh, asked for it, Richard. And I think that's the, the best part. So how about we just have a look at what some of the things that we've discovered about, so I suppose, ourselves and, and podcasting along the way. Um, I'll ask you first, how have things changed over the last hundred episodes? Because they have changed. So outside of this um, the world has changed hugely. <laughs> well, and, yes. <laughs> you know, when we talk about change, we need to remember that context. But just over these few years, um, number one for me is I don't think I'm as scared of a microphone as I used to be. I used to look at it as this scary object that could bite me, you know, if I if I looked at it the wrong way. So there's a bit more comfort with speaking into a microphone. And um, there isn't that sort of pervasive sense of dread every time I press record that it could be a total disaster. Mistakes happen and that's fine and you just roll with it. Um, so that's been quite nice. Uh, there's still a level of I want to do well. So there's a little bit of anxiety, you know, that helpful, hey, focus on this and do your best. And I think having gone back recently to the single digit number episodes, our conversations are now conversations. They're natural. Yeah. I think before I was leaning, leaning on the so-called comfort of a script. And of course, uh -huh. yeah, it doesn't work that way at all, really. Yeah, there's so many levels. Like I was saying before, with the conversation when you and and you and I had already been working on uh, on another show together mm. for not for very long, um, and and I think that it, it takes quite a while for co-hosts to find their their place as well mm -hmm. and the relationship and the dynamics. So yes, I find it is interesting what you're saying because you're one of the few people who I podcast with that is still comfortable without the camera on. So listeners, we record through a platform, but we don't have our videos on. We we never have, Richard and I. And and it's interesting because uh, some of my other co-hosts and some guests prefer the camera. So I, so I find it interesting that you say that you were afraid of the microphone, but now you've embraced it. So I'm glad you've embraced it like I have <laughs> without the camera on. so <laughs> interesting. I've never thought of that. I've never mm. thought that most people would prefer it to be on. Yeah, I think that they it's I think it's what you're used to as well if you've never had to have an an honest and open conversation which is something that podcast requires you've never had that be, without seeing the other person it might be weird but because you and I started we, we probably had the cameras off because of bandwidth right at the beginning yeah. because a few years ago that was an issue yeah. so we've continued like that whereas people who've started later are more used to the camera so ah oh, so that's interesting I suppose episodes have also got shorter, haven't they, Richard? Thank the Lord. <laughs> yes. You have you have trained me, you have guided me in this regard. And actually, you know, reflecting on benchmarks, you know, I love a good long podcast, but I listen to those when I'm out for a long run. Not everyone likes 90 minutes of content. And actually, you know, just even looking at the data, looking at the stats where people sort of trail off, we've been working to to curtail them a little bit. And that that is improving things, I think. The listenership shows that. Mm -hmm. And have you got any favorite episodes then? My favorites are the ones that people have said they've enjoyed. Because that's why I'm doing this. You know, that from from my from my perspective, it's about sharing information and giving sort of actionable insight to people. So I can see 
the ones where there's a guest on where you see this upshot in the stats and commentary about it um where someone where i can learn from them that's that's really enjoyable as well i know that what i really enjoyed was our ability to sort of change the plan and pivot completely when lockdown kicked in to be able to do some content around working from home because people found those really valuable i got the feedback and we had the freedom to do that and we had the content we had the insight to be able to do that so that was really really rewarding one jumps out at me and that is when i've talked to kevin teo about um well-being because we're like-minded but we're not the same person so we come at things from a similar perspective, but we do have differences of opinion. And I know that whenever Kevin's been on, um, our listeners have loved it. So a big thank you to Kevin for his time because he's a busy man. Um, but I've really enjoyed those discussions about the more strategic perspective on well-being in the workplace. But what about yeah, you? What have, what, what have you enjoyed? Well, you're going you're going to laugh. I don't know if listeners will laugh, but I really enjoyed. I think it was episode forty five, which was called "My Phone, Where's My Phone," <laughs> 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 which was a, a solo by Richard, where he lost his phone and and shared that experience. And I, I, I mean, I love podcasting when when the host leads the conversation in that way. When it's something, uh, um, I, I look less for content with a big C and more for just connection with the host. Mm -hmm. So that, that I really liked that. And I also enjoyed working on making flexible working work, mm -hmm. which I think was episode 21. And the reason why I like that is that even then flexible work was being seen as this there were only a couple of things that people thought of when making work flexible. And that episode really went through things like job, job sharing, which very few people talk about. We, we looked at lots of stuff, which really opened up that actually there's lots of ways of looking at how to structure work so it fits people and mm -hmm. which makes them happier. And then... And then the last thing is I like the series on psychological flexibility. I, I, I don't know if that's the first time we did a series, but, and what I like with that was having something that we, we started with and that we took, well, that, <laughs> that you took time to explain the, the sub concepts, if you will. Mm -hmm. And we've done a few, I mean, we've done the productivity and stuff, but that one in particular, and I find it's been the, and listeners do listen to it if you haven't, because I find it, it provided the ground and the basis for a lot of our conversations and references later on. It's interesting you mentioned that because one of the reasons um, I wanted to do that series was to have some evergreen content that I could direct my clients to, um, my coaching mm. clients specifically. And, and even yesterday, after a couple of hours with a group in the room talking about psychological flexibility today, I sent them all an electronic document with links to those podcast episodes so they could learn more about each of the skills if they wished. You know, after two hours with me, maybe my voice is the last thing they wanted, but it, it, these are the kind of resources that you can revisit. And that was what I was hoping to create with that series. And, you know, quite a few episodes later, I'm still using them. Yeah, excellent. And and what have you learned from your guests, uh, from our guests as we've as they've come in? I think it is really wonderful, and they do bring uh, an audience in, and hopefully some of those people stay. And it's really nice to hear someone else uh, with their expertise uh, discussing it with you. I really enjoy them, I have to say. But what have you learned from the guests? Well, I, I'd like to answer a slightly different question because I really want to call out the amount that I've learned from you. 
Um, oh, <laughs> well, I'm well, I'm kind of your guest. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more, I'm like a, a guest that just makes themselves at home really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Constant guest, but no, your your uh, feedback and your guidance and you know a nudge here and a nudge there has really, really helped me understand this craft a lot more and uh, improve things. You know, you've been a, a constant, so that I just want to say thank you. It's been it's Ooh. been really great. I'm blushing for the <laughs> good <laughs> for those. Uh, let's call them external or occasional um, guests. I have loved one thing. I mean, I've chosen these individuals mm. and I've chosen them for their passion because I love that. When someone's excited about a topic, I love that. And they all share one thing, which is trying to make the world of work a better place. So I've really enjoyed that element of things. And I've loved, I, I've had to be nimble. You know, they're coming at things from different perspectives. They've maybe got different theoretical perspectives or they're working in different environments. And that's brilliant to sort of mentally jump to see things the way that they do. And of course, the evidence that underpins what they do. So I, I learn about maybe it's a, a phenomenon like loneliness, you know, where we we talked to Antonia Dietman about that. And I'd never really given that any any thought before then, or even the benefits of chats, you know, when we talked to her about um her her doctoral research. You know, that was that was uh, a sort of a very powerful um conversation. And then in talking to someone like Austin Tay about applying the psychological flexibility model, but in a very different environment in Asia, you know, talking about his work that he's done in various countries in Asia. So I've learned um I suppose it's flexibility, isn't it, to to, mm -hmm. to be challenged by their viewpoints and learn that, and also the learning never ends, which I love, but there's always more you can learn from other people. And I think that's why we want to keep having the guests on, right? Yeah, it's really important. As you say, a completely different perspective. And also it gives, especially the way that we work, it gives you the opportunity to, to really, um, to really learn and really and really be able to be in the learning seat as well. Whereas when it's you and I, you are in the driving seat. So I think it, it also gives you an opportunity to, I wouldn't say relax because actually I find interviewing really stressful. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but at least it, it means that you can then, you, you can follow your curiosity with, through someone else. And I think that's really important. And, and yeah, that, that's the secret. I think, um, if I was to reflect on all of those interviews, I've wanted to speak to these people and I've been interested in finding out more about what they do and how they do it. I think it would be different if it was my job and I had to interview people I'd never met before and wasn't interested in. I could see that being a huge chore, <laughs> but yeah. I really, really want to connect with these people. And so yes. I think that makes all the difference. And I think the point about the evidence that it matters, I think that's something that I've really enjoyed and, I, and that I enjoy. Let, let's just go that about working with you. And I hope that listeners also, it's something that, that keeps them listening to the show, is that you're very clear and we're very clear when something is me-search and when something is an anecdote or when something is backed by evidence. And we cannot lose sight of that because there is there's a lot of opinion and opinion is great there's a lot of advocacy and advocacy is very important i think we really need to distinguish with what is a hypothesis or or, or something we're deducing versus something which has grounded research behind it you're absolutely right and i have alluded to this but listeners should know that it's almost a couple of times every week now i get approached by PR agencies and individuals who've written a book 
to say, can I come on your podcast? And, you know, we just don't do it because without fail, they're sort of evidence-free zones, they're opinions, and they're based on my career. I want to talk to your listeners. And I, I don't think that's what we're about. There's plenty of other places you can do that, plenty of other podcasts where you can have those conversations. So I'd prefer that we're grounded in, you know, this stuff that we know works and why it works and, and so on. And that's the evidence-based perspective. And then anything that you've learned about podcasting, I mean, you've already started telling us some of it, but is there anything? <laughs> Everything. That... <laughs> <laughs> I was starting from a very low bar. And actually, I would say the thing you've helped me um, with a lot is to move from a very fixed perspective of what good looks like and free up some of those um, fixed viewpoints I had on what a good podcast is. And again, I cringe, but that's a sign of growth, right? When you look back at your old work, and cringe. I cringe about um, just how much I tried to pack in to those early episodes. My word. <laughs> you mm. know, they were epic, long um, discussions about loads of stuff. So I've, I've learned that, you know, keep it, keep it as short as you can and keep it specific as well, because people listen to things because they want to, you know, I discover content because of key phrases and key words or key guests. Um, no one owes us their time. I suppose, you know, so let's, let's try and focus on some specifics. Um, and I think the other point is that, um, it's changing all the time, you know, so we need to keep abreast of developments in the space and, um, what, what good looks like, um, today could be different in a few years time and just to keep flexible on that. What, yeah. what about you? Have your views changed at all? Um, so I've, I've learned that from you also. It's funny, it's funny how you, listeners, I don't know if this resonates at all when you're working very closely with someone on a project and you say, well, you've learned that from me. Are you sure? I think I've picked that up from you. <laughs> so it's really lovely. Uh, I've also, I've changed how I approach my own content as well, because I tend to also want to say everything about everything and pack everything in, especially, uh, especially in podcasting. However, I have noticed that with your notes, Richard, which are usually you know, four sections with three or four bullet points in it, it's enough for a half hour conversation. If you are fully present and you're really listening, because actually we just go in, there's two of us, so we can go into a lot of, of depth. So I've, I've learned that. I've learned actually to uh, chunk down the content a lot more and to trust that there's enough enough knowledge enough curiosity and enough questions and answers around it to make a whole episode I, th I think you're right and um as i said at the start my, my biggest takeaway from this entire project has been what i say to my coaches all the time the benefits of persisting through that initial discomfort because i'm not here to be uncomfortable i'm here to make something um, yeah. and i've actually made that connection only recently that this allows a creative outlet that a lot of my work work doesn't really uh, and I've, I've only really realized i mean i love being creative and so this has been a, a great outlet for that i've come full circle though having started a youtube channel and i'm way back in the discomfort and self-doubt and imposter syndrome but i also know that if you just keep going at it you'll get somewhere so it's about yeah. consistency and publishing not being amazing <laughs> yeah yeah
And what I've also enjoyed is having the listeners there and seeing that there are people who listen regularly. So how about, Richard, do you think we can move on to some of the thoughts from listeners or is there anything else we no, want to let, cover? Let's do it because that's, you know, that's why we're here, right? We want to yeah. share this stuff with listeners. So we reached yeah. out. Um, I did repeatedly. And bang the drum for this. And I know that other people do this on their podcasts and I don't give it a second thought. I, I always assume, well, other people will respond to this question. And it's a real diffusion of responsibility uh, effect. But some people did. They took the time to do that. So before we go into the detailed feedback, like a massive thank you to everyone yeah. who downloads and listens to this every couple of weeks. Because, you know, as I said, we've got a global audience you know, um, one of the apps I use to track this shows me a map of the globe and where the downloads are taking place. And I'll be honest, there's been times when I've had to zoom in to find the name of the country. I'm like, this is amazing. We have listeners on all the continents. So a big thank you to everyone who um, comes back. And if, if this is your first episode, you're really, really welcome. Um, but maybe we'll start with um, a message I got. Some Some people were happy to be named. Some people... I wanted to keep it semi-anonymous. Ava from Spain said, I love that you keep the episodes relatively brief, around 30 to 40 minutes in general. I enjoyed your explanation of psychological flexibility and its constituent elements. And I love your interaction with Pilar. She is a great counterpart. So that was like a great summary of what you said earlier. Um, yeah, <laughs> well done. <laughs> someone someone has, uh, has spotted that. So thank you, Ava. We loved doing those episodes about Psychflex. Um, yes. And I find it so much easier talking with you than talking by myself. So Is this Eva who we know? It is. It is. It is. So this is a big compliment because talking of evidence-based, this uh, she's a practitioner that really bangs that drum. So uh, it's it's really lovely to to hear from her. Now, I also heard from someone who's been on uh, <gasps> the podcast, uh, Gemma Roberts, um, who's been on. We were talking about resilience and coaching for resilience uh, quite a few episodes ago. And she came back about um, what she'd enjoyed. And she said the episode on overplaying strengths was fascinating, insightful, and informative. It got me thinking about my strengths at work and how I use these in my role. It also got me thinking about some of the strengths that maybe aren't so useful at work and what I need to leave behind as I evolve in my career. The episodes provide a moment of reflection for me where I think about how the topics covered apply to my work life. Each episode is like a mini coaching session. I really enjoy the experience of joining my pocket psych as a guest. Now, I have to read this out. <laughs> she said it. Do you want me to read you it? You read it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it so you know. <laughs> Richard has a gift for translating sometimes complex topics into accessible, practical, and simple tips that everyone can implement at work, often with some added humor, exclamation mark. Oh, bless you, Gemma. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, what she said there is what we're trying to do, right? To give people an insight into what they can do with this and apply it in their working life. So that's a little snapshot that I absolutely loved. Yeah. Can I just comment on uh, the, the what she talks about, the overplaying strengths? Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to go off on a tangent. <laughs> uh, I... I recently gave, I'm giving a lot more thought to that. I even did, I think it was the, I think it was, is it Gallup? One of the strengths uh, tests just to see. Mm. And, and it really, I've, it's helped me actually, if we go back to imposter syndrome as well, it's really helped me to decide what to do. And because there's so many choices and so many options 
based on what I do best and to say, look, that's what I do best. Let me just stick at that now because actually this other thing, yeah, I could get better at it, but life's too short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it's a, a corona syndrome. And so so really resonate uh, with with Gemma around the the yeah, around the strengths and and helping that move me forwards. And you're definitely not alone on that strengths point. Um, the overplayed strengths episode and shout out to James Beavers who joined me for that interview. Um, it's one of our most popular episodes ever. Uh, and when I looked at it compared to the, I think it was about five or six preceding episodes, it's performance over a couple of weeks, let's say, in terms of downloads. Oh, it was just significantly higher for days and days and days. You know, this yeah. really resonated. So I think the fact that we mentioned overplaying strengths, a lot of people went, um, I'm interested in that because yeah. I think it applies to me. So um, thanks, thanks again to James for, for taking some time. Do you want to handle the next one? Um, yes, Lorraine from Dublin says, I love the balance of giving info, having robust conversation and having other voices involved. The voices are credible, so that always helps for me. Thank you, Lorraine. That's lovely. That's what we try and do, right? That's why we choose the people we do. Um, there's someone who wants to remain anonymous, which is absolutely right. fine. And that is true for all future feedback and ideas as well, listeners. So we, we don't have to share your name. Uh, but they said two episodes I found really useful are reflecting on my boundaries. And that was quite recently, uh, as I can find this challenging, especially when working remotely. I'm now questioning how I can manage my boundaries so that I self-care while also meeting my other personal roles and being able to switch off after work. I'm aware that I've become more available on email in the evenings and at the weekends, which can then impact how I feel in my non-work time. I've decided to be more proactive about communicating with others about when I will be available and using my out-of-office with specific availability so others will know. I also want to work on switching off when work finishes so that then I don't see an email that I then think about in the evening. Linked to this, I found the episode about our relationship to our email very useful. I resonated with the checking and over-checking due to the discomfort, uncertainty of what may be in there and that I should be available in case something happens, etc. I'm now going to find something else that I value in the evenings instead, as well as practical tips you shared, like turning off notifications to break this vicious cycle. I mean, that in, that's just great to hear because it's practical implementation of something that's meaningful to you. So thank you very much for that feedback. Yeah, and the episode on our relationship with email is quite is, is quite old, isn't it? It is, but yeah, you know, email is amazing. a persistent challenge. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, no, I, I think it's uh, no, it, it, it's really great that um, that uh, the the back the back catalogue is also getting more listeners, uh, it, as you say, because the content is evergreen. It, it's evergreen, but it's something I've learned over the last few weeks. Actually, people have uh, shared with me that they might start joining listening to us, it's episode 70 or whatever, and then they might go and have a look at previous episodes purely based on the title. And then they'll go back and listen to something 20 or 30 episodes before. So these are standalone, you know, apart from when we're explicit that it's a series, you can listen to these in any order. Um, You'll you'll just notice the production values (laughs) differ. Um, but, uh, But yeah, it's nice to see that translation into practical action. And I'm really happy we were able to help there. Next is uh, James from Dublin got in touch. In the category of a topic I enjoyed and what I have got uh, out into practice, I would have to highlight how useful I found the pillars of productivity. We did a whole series 
of yes. productivity. That was another series. Um, Pillars of Productivity as a way of thinking about a holistic approach to how I work and even more so in terms of how it's given me a way to talk about productivity that combats, combats aspects of toxic work culture. I think this highlights the fact that we were talking very, very um, explicitly at the beginning of that series, um, why why do you want to be more productive? You know, th there's a real industry there about doing more. But mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get at here is doing the right things to free up space to do the important things in your life. So efficiency, yes, but not for its own sake. Uh, getting stuff done, but not for its own sake. And I think that's an important message because the word productivity can have some very negative connotations as well. Yeah. I have to agree with James that through that series as well, I, I I was also like, okay, you can go actually, you need, in fact, if you want to do this right, you need to go quite deep. And I think we talked about values and all sorts of stuff as a starting point mm -hmm. rather than going quickly about the, you know, the latest hack that will make me do things fast <laughs> without real, with, without any pain. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with James. It took a while to get there, right? But I think it was worth yeah. it because if you just focus on hacks, um, they don't work for everyone and then people can feel disillusioned and a bit exhausted with it all. And I find interesting as well from James, the fact that it's giving him a language. Mm. I think that, uh, that's also interesting. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, we've said this a few times in different topics. If we can find words to express um, what it is that we feel or think about topics, that's a major step forward because then they don't exist just in our minds. They exist in the world and we can use them. So a lot of what I end up doing <laughs> in my job job is mm -hmm. um, finding, uh, helping people find a way to express uh, what's going on for them. And that's a, that's a great example of it there. Do you want to take the next one, Pilar? Okay. <laughs> it, it's from Kevin Teo, lovely guest a couple of times, two, two or three. I can't remember. Definitely two, no? Yes, two, uh, two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's also a listener, which is great. I love that. So I love the connection you have with Pilar. And actually, often I tune in to listen to the guest speaker. And then I'm struck by a sharing that either of you do before the guest speaker comes up. I enjoyed a lot of your podcasts, although it's been a while since I listened to one. One that stands out was the life after coaching one. It just goes to show that well-being is continuous, that it's never quite done, and that we need to think about how we support the client, in my case, often an entire team organization, on what happens next without me. Oh, I love that one. You know, I always, I always wonder if we do have a chat before the guest, whether anyone listens to it. So I'm glad that Kevin gets something out of it. It's lovely. It, it's a really interesting point because, um, so thank you, Kevin. Yes. And also I've, I've shared uh, multiple episodes answering client questions where we're able to save some time, as I've said. And I'll say, look, listen to episode, I don't know, 53, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll say the interview begins at 15 minutes. And invariably people will come back and say, yeah, but I listened to the whole thing because You've got something to say beforehand. And I was sort of subconsciously playing us down and saying, but the guest, <laughs> straight <laughs> yes. to the meat. But often, yeah, our little bit of preamble or ramble adds, adds something. So that's nice to hear. And what I, what I did discover is that Kevin and some other academics are actually sharing um, episodes with their students. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's really nice to hear as well. They think they're um, good enough to put in front of uh, future psychologists. 
Yeah, and the, the the concept of life after coaching, and and also actually we we have a whole series on coaching which I actually really enjoyed also, and and it's the the pre and the post, and not thinking of coaching as something that happens at the time you're with the coach, but actually some much more again holistic approach. Mm, yeah, mm, it's an important point. Um, I I. All of the feedback was lovely, but this one really struck a chord with me. Um, Helen from here in the UK wrote, My pocket psych has been my running partner over the last two years, giving me snippets to try in my day-to-day and with the individuals and teams I work with. I particularly enjoyed coaching for new habits. As Richard said, something that resonates frequently to me. Don't be too hard on yourself if you fail. It's okay. It takes time. And actually, we're human. Thank you and congrats on episode 100. It's really nice to know, and I know Helen's not alone, that while people are out training, running, walking, (laughs) or walking their dog, we're with them. And they think of us as uh, part of their routine. So that's really, really nice to hear. And um, again, yes, self uh, acceptance, self-compassion, acknowledging that we all make mistakes and trip up. Um, The important thing is that we get back up. And we we have another go. So I'm pleased that message got through. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Helen. Are you going to leave me to do the last uh, piece? I'm, I'm wondering how to use these after this. But please, you do this. And I think yes. this could be strap lines for the future. <laughs> yes. Yes, Ines, thank you very much uh, from the UK for the two summaries. I think they encapsulate uh, some of the what we've been talking about. This is my favorite one. The psychology of the workplace goes beyond the office walls, even the virtual ones. Mm. And then I suppose, I hope this is a summary of what uh, she thinks of the show, a food for thought companion to uplift your day at work and beyond. I don't know about you, but I can see a... Um... A LinkedIn <laughs> post with that written all over it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or even an ad. But no, thank you, Ines, for mm, taking the time um, to, to share that. It's, it's really interesting as well how people have interpreted my plea for thoughts and feedback differently. The main, <sighs> the main point is you've given it some thought. And now we know a little bit more about what you think. And now I think we can agree we're happy to proceed with episode 101. <laughs> 101, we'll go back to basics. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never thought of that. You asked me something a few years oh. ago, which I thought at the time, I didn't know how it landed with you, but I was numbering our episodes zero, zero, one, zero, zero, two. And you asked me why I was doing that. I said, I, I heard someone else um, say this on a podcast they started for, they said it was going to be easier when they got into triple digits. Ah. And there was silence from your end for a moment. <laughs> I thought, oh no, <laughs> am I being cocky here? But actually, here we are. We're at triple digits. It made yeah. sense. Um, and that was the great Andy Anatko, a um, tech writer and podcaster who, who said that a few years ago. So thank you, Andy, for that. We're at triple digits. We'll continue with the triple digits for, <laughs> for quite some time. But That's funny. Maybe I could close. Uh, we've gone over our 30 minutes, but but let me close with a massive thank you to you, Pilar. You've been a great partner in crime for the last few years, the last uh, 100 episodes. And, and I have to say that, you know, you said I'm, you're not on every single episode, but for every single time we speak, you've got an update for me on what you've listened to when you weren't on. And it's been great that there's another careful pair of ears listening. 
And um, that's been really nice. So thank you for that. Thank you to all of our guests. I haven't mentioned everyone, and I knew I would forget some names. And if I haven't mentioned you, I'm really, really sorry. Rachel Skews is another person that's been on a couple of times. She's added real value. She's a, a, an excellent psychologist and friend. And and I know people have, have really enjoyed listening to her. Thank you to everyone who's downloaded and listened to the podcast. Um, you're the reason we do it. I hope you'll continue. And I hope that by illustrating the fact that we have um, had this feedback, maybe it will open the dam to more feedback in future. This is what we do with it when you send it in. So uh, we'd <laughs> love to hear from you. And you can do that on Twitter at MyPocketPsych. Send us a message on the contact form, worklifepsych.com slash contact. You can now email us, podcast at worklifepsych.com, and you can send us a voicemail, and I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. And, you know, we wouldn't be able to sound as nice in your ears if we didn't have the support of our podcast polisher, Ross, <laughs> um, who takes this raw content and makes it into something that sounds nice when you put your earphones in. So thank you, Ross, for the last 100 episodes. Pilar, any closing words as we wrap up? Well, I'm sure listeners will be saying, yes, thank you, Richard, for being there for the 100 episodes and for providing this space for, for me to join you in these conversations, for me to learn from you and also for listeners to, as we've seen, to hear their own things, their own thoughts reflected back to them and to open up some questions for them and even to give them some some help and advice and definitely companionship. So thank you listeners as well. And I always say it, but I really, really mean it this time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading this episode of My Pocket Psych. To get in touch with questions and feedback, you can tweet us at worklifepsych or leave us a message on the contact form at www.worklifepsych.com contact. Thanks for listening.